Welcome back to Life's a Garden. I would like to once again send out an open invitation to any and all artists, musicians, actors, athletes, comedians. Um, if you are interested in coming on the show to promote your project and to promote yourself, please reach out. I'm always open and willing to have anybody on the show. I'm always interested in talking to new people and to help promoting people and their projects. So just reach out, come on the show, and uh, of course we'll talk about what your, whatever your project is and we'll talk about a whole lot more. And today we have a musician on the show. He is the lead singer and bass player for the band One Second Ago. I've had the opportunity to play several shows with these guys. They are incredible, great musicians, great band. Make sure to go check them out on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify. I'll make sure to leave a link in the description so you can easily access that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Tony Horton. Well, normally, I don't like to start off an episode by kissing ass, but I just gotta say, that last show you guys played, opening up for uh, Soulfly, that was badass. Thank you, man. That was a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I had no idea, I had no idea you guys were even gonna be opening, and I saw you, I knew you were going, because I think you had, you were already planning on going, maybe, or? Yeah, I'd, me and a couple of friends were planning on going ahead of time, so it was just pretty cool that... It's like, hey, uh, plans changed. I can't go with you. I'm going to be there already. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super cool. And uh, it's not like not to say I wasn't paying attention when we played together. It's just I had a bunch of people there. I'm watching merch. I'm like in and out of like paying attention, so I didn't get to like fully focus in on your guys' show. Well, we had just found out earlier that afternoon. Like we were still processing it and right. waiting for everyone to show up at the show to actually confirm and like, right, yeah, yeah, handshake. Okay, we're going to do it. Gotcha. So and. We were still pretty focused on getting that night over with, and plus I had that other gig with another band that I had to run down the street, so I was already pretty plateful, wasn't trying to, by the way, next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's it just worked out perfectly, because then it's like, I, it's just during the times when you're playing, it's so hard to like stay focused in on everything else, because there's just so much exactly. stuff going on. So I was so glad to get to see you guys, and actually be full in, and right up front, and getting to listen to you guys. And I swear to God... I looked at Aaron, our bass player, and I was like, we got to step our fucking game up because you guys killed it. <laughs> well, man, I, that's my favorite thing about seeing local shows. I mean, I remember seeing tons of bands from Mike Walters projects back in the day and just being like, God, that's what I got to do when I grow up, you know? Yeah. And and it's it's cool. I, I, I only hope that I could do something like that for somebody else. And Well, I think that's kind of a nice part about the way the music scene is turning is everyone kind of has each other's back now is yeah. what i feel like at least yeah it de it's definitely getting better i mean it, it used to be pretty headhunter back in the day but yeah just competitive and yeah and i don't know what it was the the, the emo phase of everybody or what but yeah just everybody kind of wanting to get the better edge of everything and yeah but it, it's definitely been a lot a lot more friendly competition you know and it's it's cool being able to play with different groups and yeah. Different places always have different crowds, and being able to intermingle with everybody—it's—it's—it's it's, it's cool. Well, you should want everybody to succeed because a strong scene is good for everyone. Exactly, because people know and they can assume that oh, next week I'm going to see some kick-ass band, and, yeah. and 
guess what? They would have never planned on seeing you. Just They just come because that's what they do. Well, if you're excited to see... If you know the scene is hot, then you know you might pop in and see something you weren't expecting to see. And you would expect it to be good if the scene is rocking hot. You know? And yeah. everybody's promoting everybody. Everybody's supporting everybody. So I love to see that because in high school... Because I've been in and out of bands since high school. And it's like... Back in high school, everything was just so competitive. Everyone was so two-faced. It's like they'd say nice things to your face, and then they talk shit about you behind their back. And it's like, I don't really feel like that's the way it is anymore, though. At least, no, it's definitely gotten a lot better with that. I mean, it's, yeah, it. I, I remember I've been playing since the '90s in this town, and back then, I mean, I don't know if it was just kind of an accident or what, but we definitely kind of, with Crunk, you know, got pretty high up on the everybody wanting to ask to get on our shows kind mm-hmm. of phase and we just stayed busy it was like every three weeks we were doing a show just because we had we had to fulfill all of our friends that wanted to come in from wherever and do do shows and eventually people started like getting sore like man you guys have done like five shows and it was like well these were all planned and you know so there, there was a little bit of anger and frustration i guess maybe from jealousy yeah a little bit you know i mean i mean it was it was hard to help i mean we were doing six band shows sometimes just trying to squeeze in as many as we could like let's let's you know let's do it we'll do shows friday and saturday if we have to but well i remember like obviously i wasn't in the music scene until high about high school but and for reference i was about 2010 ish Mm -hmm. and so I remember before that though, Endeavor and like several other, you know, I, it's it's hazy for me because I was I was younger and I wasn't really into like sure. the music stuff then. But I remember it being a strong music scene then, and so yeah, it, it, it's cool. I mean, guys like Endeavor. I mean, that that's basically the rest of the guys in my band now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Exa- so it's, well, and I was actually going to ask you, um, kind of how one second ago got started like well um yeah basically uh uh the singer mike walters wanted to kind of start doing some other projects and just 20 years you know they they ran it they ran it pretty hard and and pretty strong and they just kind of felt they wanted to change and what they weren't ready to give up so to speak and i've been their friend for decades you know yeah we've been doing shows since the 90s together and just been the guy that's always been around and I uh, started playing drums for uh, Irate out of Hollywood. Oh, shit. And uh, uh, Dave got hooked up with those guys, the, my guitar player for one second ago, got hooked up with those guys just uh, being on the tour circuit, being friends with them. And they asked, hey, do you want to play guitar for a couple gigs? And he went and opened up for Head PE with them. And I was like, dude, couldn't you ask like six months earlier? Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess they had a problem running ground with their drummer, and I also play drums. And it's like, dude, you want to play drums with Irate and go down to Hollywood and play at the Whiskey A Go-Go? And I was like, yeah, sure. And like, <laughs> Yeah, who's going to say no? Yeah, I know, but we had a 20-hour drive on the way there, you know, and so he's like, I got something I want to talk to you about on the way there. And so he talked about it and brought it up, and I was like, play bass too i was like i've never done that before and oh shit so okay uh, yeah but i mean i play stuff i mean i could figure it out i guess but Mm -hmm. it was definitely a tumultuous tumultuous uh six months yeah i was like oh my god you really gotta 
work at this because <laughs> I've been drumming for bands for probably about the last ten years. Oh not, wow! Okay, that's and I'm in like four or five other ones, but but uh, that was per- I mean I'd play guitar and sing and all that kind of stuff, but bass and good sing and that's and that's the hardest combination I've yeah, been told. It, it, it took a minute. It took a minute, but it's funny now. The more I break down stuff, like because we did a, a Tool tribute act. Yeah, I, saw, and, I was there. I saw that. Yeah, and. Uh, Breaking it down, you never really would have thought how much foundationally the the bass player is of that band. Oh yeah, and then, and then in turn the singer, you know, Maynard's following the bass lines, and I was like, oh, I can actually do this because it's like following the bass lines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's kind of funny. <clears throat> I can't remember who it was that said it. Somebody uh, said something to the effect that our band is a really great drummer and bass player with fancy shiny toys on the outside. Something to that effect but right talking about like the guitar player and the singer you know well some of the best singer i mean there's so many good singer bass player combos out there so it's like it's not unheard of i've just heard it's a very difficult thing to do yeah i mean some of my favorite i mean from sting like way back in the day and police and that's like hero stuff i've been like man that's that'd be tough to do yeah well (laughs) getty lee and yeah i mean i i had i hadn't even known until like i was probably a teenager that that was the same dude playing bass and singing. Like, what the heck? <laughs> right. Well, and they're just such <laughs> integral bass lines anyway. And then the that crazy vocal range. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that uh, meme, uh, Rush, making your band look like crap since 1966 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, no doubt. That's awesome. <laughs> so then what, what year was that that you guys kind of started um that was probably about four years ago when we were talking about that okay about three and a half years ago and then it took about six months of noodling around and i had some riffs they had some riffs and put about that for the first record's worth of stuff together okay and uh another song or two that never made it on but we still kind of noodle around with those two but so we had about seven songs and uh the band we're actually playing with uh this weekend coming up uh or not this weekend, but the middle of the month here, uh, Dashboard Carl from Bozeman. They got us our first show in Bozeman. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, and so we went up there, booked us the show. Weekend coming up to it, we still hadn't even had a name yet. Oh. Uh, I mean, we were, we were, it was hilarious. Isn't man. the name just the hardest part? Oh, man. And it was actually Edgar, the bassist uh, from Irate that I was telling you about, because uh, talking Skype over the phone all the time. and They're uh, watching a UFC match. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, over a telephone phone call basically and one second to go dude was getting his ass kicked but turned around and and won the match and edgar's a uh, mma kind of fighter guy too also he actually trains in that stuff but okay <clears throat> so he's really into it and he was like watching he was like oh my god dude pulled it off one second to go i can't believe he did it one second to go and and we were just like it just clicked. That's the name. I mean, because I mean, we were we were digging, man. We we had days after practice where there'd be like five or six of us hanging out, uh, you know, a couple of band girlfriends and their friends, and plus all four of us. And we had a uh, all downloaded the band name generator app on our phones. I tried that shit too. Oh man, and it was so funny. I mean, we were just like pull try words, you know, just come up with a word. And so I'm like looking in there, and I'm, I put up kingdom forward something kingdom you know why not mm-hmm. <laughs> first thing on the list i mean we'd gone through and we were, we were laughing about what we saw and we'd share and laugh and all that and 
about half an hour into it, I put that in Kingdom, and I look at it, and it says Squirt for the Kingdom. <laughs> and, and I just start laughing. I was like, nope, I'm not sharing that one. And they're like, no, come on now. you got to share now. And, so, and, and it was just a big joke that that was a... That was a pretty solid favorite uh-huh. uh, on the the band name list, Squirt for the Kingdom, because it was just like, you, what do you say about that? I mean, you put that on a flyer, it's almost like bare naked ladies or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, it's just it's. Well, it's it, funny because like sometimes like the weird names are the ones that click. Yeah, and they're the ones that catch on. Yeah, like so, it, it, so between that and the other name that we had picked out uh, was an episode of Bob's Burgers. And, okay. And uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but we, it, we were after practice one day, and there's a chicken laying an egg, and the mom, you know, she starts singing some song about let the egg roll or let it go out the egg hole or something like that, and we just started hollering, laughing. We thought egg hole was so dang funny, and we're like, we're like egg hole. And we're like, That's not a bad one. Yeah, but why, why name yourself? The first press conference would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, why'd you name the band Egg Hole? Well, it's better than Chicken Pussy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, the, that's awesome. But the joke would have been way old and and sour after that. I mean, just the first press conference would have been the funniest time. But right, and so it it just wasn't gonna ever gonna work. But yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard to find one that catches, one that people recognize, and one that's not taken. Yeah, I mean, so that when as soon as Edgar said one second to go, I mean, I, we were like. Google bands, search Spotify, look up YouTube. Uh, like, like yeah. yes, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, we dot com that quick. <laughs> we almost ran into that issue too because uh, we I don't even remember how it all started with coming up with the name. We just never really had anything solid. I think we were running with a couple ideas, and it just wasn't sticking. And then I remember because I work with Drew, our guitar player, and he's a big fisher fisherman and likes to do all that we were talking about fishing and stuff and i just like stopped and thought to myself i was like what's the state fish of montana it's the cutthroat trout and i'm like fucking a let's let's try cutthroat so i looked it up and there's one there's a band that it was like a punk thing in the 80s i guess called gina harlow and the cutthroats ah. and i think there was also a, a group called the cutthroats <laughs> and i think there's actually a band in in LA, but they're called Los Angeles Cutthroat. Mm. So I'm like, there's it sucks because there's other bands with that name in it. Yeah. But nobody's just Cutthroat. Yeah. And I've already registered it. So oh, sweet. So we own it. Uh, everyone probably assumed that they had to add something to it to diversify it from the others. But right. Yeah. I mean, w- once you own the trademark on it, man, it's like, yeah, sure. It's a done deal. For it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so once that stuck, I was just like, dude, I can't even believe that that's not taken. Yeah. And like I said, there's variations, but just nothing that's just that solid. Yeah, totally. I've, I've always liked, I guess, I, sh- I was going to say I like one word band names, but that's not true because I've had bands that weren't that. Yeah. And there's just a lot of bands that I like that are one word band names like Corn or Disturbed, but that's just me. But then I like System of a Down, too, and that's a mouthful, but it still rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. I had a band out in Seattle called Non-Zero Sum, and I thought that was just a really cool math. Oh, yeah. The whole theory behind it. It was pretty neat. So I was like, oh, that's a killer band name. And right. I wasn't even... I, just, I was another one of those bands that I just joined. That, that they were already a happening band, and we were in these storage units, and I just hopped on and was like, 
the best band in Seattle basically needing a lead singer. I was like, yay! Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> so that worked out pretty good. But yeah, I was just like, how'd you guys know I'm a math guy? I love this. This is a killer band name. And, that is a cool name, actually. Yeah, but yeah, so that was fun for a long time out in Seattle. But but then, yeah, I moved back here and the that was about 2005, about. Okay. And yeah, it was scene was still going strong here. I mean, my friend's band that uh, we're playing with also, uh, 321 Ugly, mm-hmm. I started playing drums for his band, Wet, when I got back. Okay. And uh, immediately we were doing the, the Warp Tour, like, within a couple months. Damn. I mean, it was just like, pfft. yeah, so it was, I was happy. I was like, the scene's going good here as it ever was out in Seattle. And Hell yeah. Well, that's a good sign. Then. Yeah. I mean, I went out there when it was supposedly in the tanks, but... It was still decent. I mean, there was. It was kind of cool out there. The one thing I wish we had here was uh, there's a storage unit out there, like kind of in uh, Everett area, mm-hmm. and every single storage unit had a band in it. Oh shit! Every single one of them, except there was one that was a dude that just lived there. We called him Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and he knew all the bands. I mean, like if you're like, oh man, we need, really like to have a show next week, and he's like, oh come on, and walked two hallways down you know and knock on some door and they'd open it up and be like oh good you guys still looking for a band next weekend and like yeah yeah like, he was the promoter yeah he just he, well, he was like the cross-reference guy he knew like everything that was going on and, and he was cool until uh he had a space here that caught fire and burned a unit down or something so he got kicked out but Damn. no more living on grounds anymore for groundskeeper willie but he was still pretty cool while it lasted <laughs> I've heard of stories <laughs> like that of bands in uh, storage units like that, and that just sounds like such a cool idea. It, it makes sense. And that's how I met Non-Zero Sum, because uh, they were on one end of a hallway of storage units, and we were jamming on the other end. My guitar player was a cable guy. Their guitar player was a cable guy, and they were friends, and they were like, hey, dude, you gotta go. And our band was eh, not not real good. Uh, kind of a funny story that, uh, I don't know what it is with drummers and me i mean maybe it is because i am a drummer but they they're either way better than me or i'm like god can you just let me play drums i mean you know it's and i and i hate that feeling because i yeah. mean teach their own i mean if you have the balls to get on stage and play music then you have more balls than most people you know so i mean i, I can't really go like well i'm way than you but it's hard when you know a craft though it's it's it is hard and this guy that i was jamming with was particularly hard and he had all these crazy stories about like hanging out with five finger death punch and living behind this strip bar in anchorage and met metallica and all, all this shit and then and when he moved back to california he was like neighbors with flea and he'd like go eat lunch in the park with them and shit and i was just like Dude, if you knew half of these people, why didn't anything rub off on you, man? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that sure as shit one day, like a, a band practice canceled, and and we're like, oh, let's go get drunk over at my house. And it's just over here. I'm like, all right, sure, why not? So we head over there. We get a case of Sparks. Those are awful, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Back, I don't even think they make them anymore. Do I don't. They? I don't know. But back then, we were trying to get sponsored by it. We were like, this is the <laughs> best shit ever. But yeah, this was the day that killed it for me. We had about six each, but awful but uh sitting there talking he busts out these photo albums and no bullshit man i mean he's got pictures of him in a room with metallica members oh shit so he wasn't uh, just blowing yeah, smoke. And, and, and like on a park bench with with flea and anthony Kiedis, and they're all like making the 
face. Yeah. And, and this is like, you know, uh, a higher ground chili peppers. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you've seen the videos, you know which year it is just by the hairstyles and shit. You know, this is mm-hmm. 80s chili peppers. Like, I mean, the dude was older than me, though. You know, okay, but yeah. But good. still, like you said, you're... So for one, you're not lying about these stories. So yeah, why why didn't none of that rub off? On I you? mean, yeah. I mean, what the heck? I guess he just enjoyed partying just, with guys. Like I that. guess I don't know, but I mean, my parents and all their friends were musicians, and I think that's what happened to me. But you know, but I just was like, how do you do that? How do you get in a room with all of these people for all these years? But anyway, it was just so I'm in this band that I'm. They're good drinking buddies, basically, is what it is. And one of them's my roommate, and. Yeah, we're in a band, and yeah, we're going to do a show someday, and we're called Susurus. You know what a Susurus is? No. It's a whispering in the bushes. Okay. A, a dark sound that you might hear when you're camping. It's like That's kind of cool, though. Susurus. That's... It was all right. I never heard of that. Yeah, it was all... Yeah, you have to look it up and shit, but yeah, so we thought we were cool with that, but... <laughs> God bless you, Jacob. But anyway... uh, <laughs> he uh, had his buddy down the hallway, and we're like, "Hey, go check out this band, man!" Or, you know, my buddy's a cable guy, and I go in and listen to him. And I swear to God, they were like Three Eleven meets Incubus. You know, they just had that real kind of hard brother and uh, brothers were drummer and bass player. Okay, and I and I love brother bands that you know. I mean, that's kind of like you know how they grew up together doing this shit their whole lives. Like, you can tell. You know, this it rubbed off on them. You know, that's mm. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just because you're yeah. around it all the time. Yeah, and they did it all their whole lives, bass and drums. And I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, it's it's like wow, so cool. Yeah, and that's I, the best combo you could have, really. Yeah, brothers. And I, so I'm sitting there. I think highly suspect does that. Is the brothers are? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think so, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, yeah, I, I two songs into their deal, I'm like sitting there like. I'm in the wrong band. <laughs> I was just like, could you Aw. like theirs better? Yeah, theirs. They were just so good, yeah. and for whatever reason, obviously starting to miss band practices and turning into drinking afternoons, it just teetered off. And finally, the guitar player was like, "I'm done. I'm gonna go join this other band." <clears throat> and it was had other members of uh, Drown Mary. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They were a, a Jägermeister band for a while. Oh, okay, and like literally on tour with like all those Jaeger bands. I mean, it's just like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. (laughs) Really nice guys though. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so he started jamming with those guys and I was like, Oh, well, band's over. I guess what am I going to do? Literally not even five minutes later, Ryan Summers, the guitar player for non-zero sum calls me up and he's like, Hey, Jake, Jake just called me and told me your band broke up. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, man, I'm sorry, man. What a bummer. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed you want to come over today and sing for us? <laughs> and I was like, holy smokes. Yes, I do, dude. But, but what a coincidence. Yeah. Like what a turn of. Yeah. I, but fortune. yeah, that was, that was a rad band. They were, they, they were doing really good. And I just, it's hard to live in Seattle. It's expensive. And I had a kid back home here in Montana and I just, it's funny. They always say, you know, when you talk about Montana, it's like one word. It's back home, Montana. It's one word. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back home, Montana. But, but uh, yeah, so I, I had to come back. And you're so you're originally from yeah. here, then? Okay. Yeah, my whole family's here, and yeah, and I've got a lot of kids, and <laughs> at the time was only one, but now I'm definitely staying around for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, 
at least you got to go out and do that. You yeah, know? yeah, and it, and it, you know, I I learned a lot from it. It wasn't like something. It was like, oh, my career took off to the next level because of that. I mean, it was. And it's rare that that. I mean, it's such a rarity for any band to really hit that. Yeah, you're always lucky and fortunate if you do, but especially when you're because here we're kind of like big fish in a small pond, whereas you take talents to like a big city, it's like now you're just a small yeah, fish you're in nothing, a big pond. Yeah, you're nothing in an ocean. But, yeah, exactly. But the thing that I like about Billings, and I've always said it about Billings, I mean, and it started in the 70s. That's why my parents moved here. They're, the, my mom is from Minnesota. My dad's a Air Force and graduated high school in Japan. And oh, shit. Moved uh, to the Air Force Base in Great Falls, or Malmstrom up there. Mm-hmm. And then because of the music scene that was down here in Billings at the time, they both eventually came here to start becoming band people and then met each other. And <clears throat> and then I came along. And my other sisters too. But but uh, So the music scene was promising back mm. then. And people were looking at it knowing there was a great supper club up on the Heights that was rad. It was, I can't remember what it was. I think it was called the Skyline. But you know, okay. there's a... All those really nice houses up in the skyline. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that's where the property was, and they've turned it into really nice exclu- exclusive houses now. But, but uh, so I mean, there was happening things going on here back in the '60s and '70s, and it was because of the oil here and all the roads leading from Denver to Seattle to. There's nothing in that huge horseshoe. Yeah. So it just makes sense with all the highways leading here. We're practically border with Canada if things were done right. Uh, th- this town will take off. And just with the nature of the way shows have been going with COVID over the last two years, yeah, every band in the world wants to come and play here now. Well, and yeah, I was thinking about that too, is the fact that uh, we kind of had a leg up in a way in we the fact did. that we were working. They weren't. Exactly. I, and I'm hearing about people that are getting to do their first show in two years just now this weekend, and I'm like... Crazy. Dude, I mean, I had like four or five in one weekend. Like, right. <laughs> I was like a busy guy, but... Yeah, our first show was August of 2020. Yeah. And we it was supposed to be March of 2020, but it was like our first show was right before everything shut down. Yeah. And so our CD release party was the 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 week they they op- started the mask mandates mm. for the first record and we I was just like what a bummer. Oh yeah, we were called Nazis and all sorts of things for having a show and I can't believe you do this and try to kill people and <laughs> Well, we we only canceled because we weren't certain that anybody would show up. Yeah. Cuz it was like right in the beginning when everybody was like nervous and didn't really know and it, it was literally 3 days after it like hit or something. It was just like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> go figure, man. It, people didn't have enough time to realize, well, should I go or shouldn't I go? It was just after the fact they were like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Oh, dude, I remember even at the Metal Fest, there was people that were, like, getting butthurt about that. And yeah. it was outside. There was even people wearing masks outside, and I'm like, which, whatever. And that was, what, last year? Yeah. So that wasn't even... That was a whole year after the whole... Th- so, yeah, it, it's it, it was silly, and I'm glad it's winding to a twilight, it seems. But It would it would appear, but mm-hmm. you never know. I, I would I would hope so. But in the in the same sense, we we still had the leg up, and we still were more open than pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, and that was rad. I mean, bands started coming here. I mean, I've seen Avatar and got to play for Soulfly, and I mean, stuff. I mean, I was joking with a friend the other day. I was like, 
hey, can we just have corn come here? Like, oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, that would have been weird to ask in 1999, but just because of the way things have been going, I think this is a, this could happen. Well, and they just, that new <laughs> album, dude, that new album is so fucking good. Right? I listened to it, like, on repeat last yesterday. I, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see them. I got to see them once. I haven't. In Missoula. It's People look at me like, never seen them like dude i've been like i mean i've only seen them once and it's like i've seen a lot of bands i mean up until covid i was like and it's and it's literally just because nobody was coming here and we weren't going anywhere but i would travel and see all kinds of shows and i've got a whole freaking booklet full of tickets that's rad and it's like and even then though i only saw corn one time and i'll tell you this right now I never thought it would be the case because I'm I'm not like a huge huge corn fan. I I love corn, but they're not like necessarily on my must. That's a that's not true because they were a musty band, but it wasn't like I just had this raging boner for corn. You know what I mean? It's been a while for me, but when I was 17 or whatever, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty sad. Yeah, I was, really. I was, I was a corn nut. Yeah, hey, I mean, everybody's got their bands, you <laughs> yeah. know. And like corn was corn was always just kind of one that was in the background for me that I always liked, but they weren't like my my diehard. I'll never forget the moment Jonathan Davis stepped out on the stage, and I had this like kind of like overcoming feeling of like <laughs> fangirled all. Of it a was, <laughs> and I didn't expect it because it was like I was like, holy shit, like I'm watching corn right now. And it was so bizarre because I've never had that with any other band ever, even bands that I am like a true fangirl of. Yeah. Oh. And like, there was just something about it. And I'll never forget that feeling of like just that first song. So I was touring with uh, this other band called Dennis Tech, who's, uh, we might have to do a whole other show about that guy. Okay. He's, he's crazy. He, he was I, the actual pilot Iceman in the Top Gun movies. I met Maverick. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his band Radio Birdman from Australia. Moved hmm. to Montana to become a surgeon and, and that worked at the same hospital with my mom. So I wound up getting hooked up as a 17-year-old kid playing drums for this legend. But anyway, we're on tour down in California uh, on tour of this band called the Exploding Fuck Dolls. <laughs> uh, and two twins, these guys that are professional surfers and skateboarders, got their own company, you know, and they're both tattooed and good-looking and you know, pretty locally famous, I guess, so to speak, you know, so they got a couple of babe model girlfriends and they take us surfing down on the beach Huntington beach and, uh, try to go surfing. Everybody else has done this before. I'm don't have a clue what I'm doing. I make it out in the water. The surfboards beat me up in the face. I'm like drowning. I lose my glasses. I don't know why I had my glasses, but I lost them. Uh, and I'm looking out at the beach and the people are like, this big on the beach and i'm looking out to where the rest of the four of them are out still paddling out deeper to get to the real waves uh-huh. and they're like this in the water way out there and i'm looking back on the beach and there's and i'm like getting beat up with this surfboard and i'm like no effing way head back to the beach you know and i'm just surfboard down i'll just get some sunday and hang out with these lovely ladies and they're just like oh you're not gonna surf huh that's kind of fun i'm like no i tried not gonna do it once was enough yeah Yeah, and so we're talking like oh what's your favorite band and i'm like oh totally corn's my favorite band i'm just all corn 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 you know i'm corn nut and they're all giggling and laughing like yeah those guys are real nice guys and i was like wait a minute what do you mean like they're nice guys like you've you know them like, like oh yeah they live in these apartments right over here uh, and like they're really cool like we party with them all the time like 
Oh shit! And, uh, and I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, like can we do that right now? Like, like, like and they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, they're not. Surely they're on tour or something. Like, no, they were here last weekend. We were just hanging out with them. And and I was like, shut up. Like, no fucking. And they're like, look, there's monkey right there. And he's walking up the beach in a red Adidas uh, uh, surfer suit and a surfboard, walking down the beach, coming right towards us. Holy smokes. And I'm just looking at him. And they're like, go talk to him. Go. He's a real nice guy. You'll, you'll like him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm already in bands and stuff and and just didn't like the, I mean, it was high school and stuff. So people were like, Meh. yeah, you yeah. Know, so I get it. You know, if I would have started going Meh, on his damn day off and in between tours and shit, it would have been like, Meh. And then I, in the event that I get on a stage somewhere and I'm like, hey, remember me? I was the guy that was ah, fangirling. Like, get him the hell out of here, you know. <laughs> oh, I've, I always dread that. Of, of, I wouldn't have been able to contain myself. So he walks by and they're like, you're so dumb. And I was like, no, no, no I, I, I wasn't. I couldn't do it. He comes back by. I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're gonna go get him. And I'm like, no. No, don't you dare. That's even worse. Like, <laughs> like yeah. Hey, this, no. yeah, now you're introducing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm going to send the hot chicks over to introduce. Yeah, no, like, mm-mm. like, sure he knows you. Sure he doesn't give a shit about me. No, definitely not. And walks by. You're so dumb. For whatever reason, 10, 20 minutes later, he walks by again. No surfboard this time. He's just walking, heading down the beach. And those two chicks get up. And they're like, all right, no, this is it. We're getting, I'm like, Sit down. He's like, oh, I got this. And he's already good 10, 15 yards down the beach. So he's walking down the beach, and I'm like. I'm sure in a cold sweat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up to him on the beach, and pretty soon you, know, you, you can probably hear me, like, quick and pace, shuffling. trying to shuffle and getting to him because he kind of turns back and, like, looks back at me like, well, what the hell? And I just I get up about this close to him, and I just look at him and go. And he goes. I turned around and walked back. That's all I needed. I was good enough Just, for me. He recognized you. Yeah, I wasn't going to say a word. I wasn't going to say, excuse me, Mr. Monkey. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be my problem is I would never know what to say. It's like, I, I met, the. I think the... You play cool guitars. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you always say the worst <laughs> thing in this. I met Chad Gray oh, from yeah. Mudvayne. Mm-hmm. It was when he was in Hell Yeah, but... Um, it was just like a total quick shook, shook his hand as he was walking by because they were doing signings and stuff and they wanted me to buy the album in order to get in line I was like I already got the album like, yeah. and, and I looked at the, at the uh, security guy I was like I'm just going to meet him anyway and I went and walked down the side I watched where their little security guy was like okay we're going to go down this way we're going to go that way so I kind of walked down toward there and I see him walking by Vinnie Paul walks by first and I, I could have went up to him but, like, I'm a singer, so it's like Chad Gray's always been my one of my top favorite dudes. And so I, I was like, Vinny! And he just kept walking. Just you know, I'm sure he gets that all the time. Chad Gray comes walking up. I literally just start walking right beside him. And I, I stuck my hand out. I was like, hey, man, I just wanted to let you know. I, I'm, I know I rambled and said some bullshit, but I was like, basically along the lines of, you're one of my favorite singers. I enjoy all your stuff. Just nice to meet you. you know? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I walked away thinking that was an amazing moment and I looked like a fool. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he'll, he'll never remember that moment because it was, I mean, not like he should or yeah. I'd want him to, but 
that was pretty cool. And then I got to meet Shinedown in, a, of all places, Walmart. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were doing a, an actual signing. Oh, at Walmart? Yeah. I thought that was so bizarre. It was the Walmart in the Heights. But I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll meet Shinedown in a dumpster, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're one of my favorite bands. So, and I, and I had already prepared, like, it was just going to be a quick thing. Because you're just walking by, getting your shit sure. signed. And I, I went up to Brent Smith, and I was just like, dude, I've been waiting 10 years for this. And I just stuck my hand out, shook his hand, and I was like, that's all I needed. So it was kind of like the same thing with Monkey for you. It was like, I just, that's all I needed. I didn't need to, like, tell him how much his music impacted me or how much this and that. Like, no, just, just getting to shake somebody's hand. Like, I don't even need autographs, man. Like, I've never been an autograph guy. I mean, it's cool. I, I can't keep anything, so I, I, I was like, man, that's, what a bummer. I had a dollar bill that was autographed by Travis Barker from that Warp Tour. Oh, yeah? That'd be pretty cool. I thought that'd be really cool, be- being he's, like, so valuable now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I he's got really... a signature on a dollar bill. <laughs> well, it's like, even pictures, I'm, I'd am i rather have a picture than an autograph, but I'd rather just have an interaction Yeah, like than a, than a photo. Because it's like, I'll remember it. I don't care if anybody else knows that it's real. I know it's real, you know? So it's like, I've always, and I think, I feel like they would appreciate it more if I'm just like, not sticking a camera in their face and like, hey, can you sign this? Yeah. I think, I don't know, just being like, hey man, I've, I love your stuff, I just want to shake your hand. Oh, uh, it was, it was cool. The coolest band I've ever met was Incubus. Oh, hell yeah. And that was during uh, their science tour. They played at uh, the B- Bozeman Fairgrounds, I think it was, but uh just and and I don't know how it worked out that way, but they're like, oh yeah, the band's gonna hang out afterwards and meet people in the back, and so I was just like, really, what? So I like after the show was over, I walked back through this like kind of archway thing where everybody was kind of shuffling in, and they'd just gotten a new DJ with this black guy dreadlocks like down to about here, mm-hmm. just rad dreadlocks, and I fucking turned around and saw, him. I was like, hey man, I don't know your name, you're the new DJ, but you got badass dreadlocks, and he's like. Dude, I saw you in the crowd, man. You got badass dreadlocks. I was like, hey, thanks. And that, so that was about it for that. Uh, said hey real quick to the drummer while he was autographing stuff. Talked to the guitarist about his pedals for a minute. Uh, but then the bass player. I I, I must have hit a good nerve or something, but I just kind of asked him. I was like, hey, man, you got any advice for a start up-and-coming band trying to wanting to hit the road and touring advice from a you know and and he just went on a doctorate lecture you know and and just started talking and going and just and make sure you do this and you got these people to talk to and and you you don't want to handle this that's why we have these people that go and take care of this stuff to date and just i mean just and it was like i wish i had a notebook to like start writing some of this shit down yeah was going on and on with some serious in-depth stuff and then like halfway through this some blonde with big old massive jibblies wops up lifts her shirt up to get autographed and he turns and goes to sign her you know he's like you're like while you're at it can i (laughs) use your chest for note taking yeah like there's (laughs) enough room here hold on a second yeah i got no (laughs) take these notes (laughs) but no so i'm i turned to my bassist isaac at the time he died uh but uh and i'm just kind of like giving him the nod like yep it's over like boobs just got whipped out this conversation's done man and then so he signs the tits turns out so anyway gets back to the conversation but he, and i was just like like he's awesome. not done yet all right That's <laughs> this, super cool it was really cool i couldn't believe that like i mean 
I was thought for sure. Like as soon as the, the nipples come out, I was like, up. Oh, yeah. What were we talking about? Elsewhere. Sorry, little kid. I got something to deal with over here. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's cool because it's like, you know, that that probably meant more to him than the, than the tits. Like, you know what I mean? It's Evidently. like the fact that he got to give you advice and potentially like help you along your way. Oh, it was so cool. I just couldn't believe it. I just asked the right question, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, that's super cool. Yeah, but it was cool. But yeah. So. Would it be fair for me to make the assumption that you are also very heavily influenced by the many workings of Maynard James Keenan? Yeah. Yeah. In not only in concept, uh, but definitely musically. I yeah. mean, just the, the I, I like the lyrics that he writes and the, the things that he talks about. Uh, and it's not necessarily that you can just like read the lyrics and go, Oh, well, I get it. Yeah, you have to really, like... You have to go, well, wait a minute, what is he talking about now? And find the other pieces of literature that are, you know, attached to it, and so to speak, you know, that he he lets you find and dig. And and I just just love that about them. I think that's... It it gives fans more than just turning on a song and listening to it, and then you're done with it in three minutes. I mean, it doesn't stick with you, like... Well, and, and there's so many levels to it. Yeah, it's, it's like, and every time I listen to it, I st- I still hear more. And it wasn't even until we we're like, you know, 20 years we've been listening to some of those songs, and we start learning them, and we're like, whoa, you get a whole new perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. That when they do that stuff, going back and forth, and it's it's crazy, but so intricate. And yeah, no, I, I I'm right there with you. Like, I I would honestly say Maynard, in in a whole like, and I love. A Perfect Circle and Pussifer and just all of his stuff, but obviously Tool. Um, yeah, Maynard's probably my number one musical influence, vocally, lyrically. He, he's very, very much high up there, but it would be unfair for me if I didn't say that Mike Patton is my number one. Okay. I mean, that's... I mean, you're not yeah, missing his, a... That's a, That's a good one. Yeah, he's... I don't. I mean, I've heard a lot of his solo stuff. I haven't seen enough of him just being him to know how much of it all really is him. I guess is the best way to put it because there's so much insanity in, in a lot of it that it's just that's what I love about it. It's like the rule book was thrown out. You know, it's like, oh, I can do anything now. Yeah. You know, it's like. Fuck it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that about him. You know, he's he he has so many different pr- bands and projects. I mean, it, by the time I fu- I really started digging into him with Faith No More, I was just like, God, this is so bizarre how he can just switch styles and go back and forth and in and out. And then I heard Bungle, and it was just like, Oh, well, psh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's why. I mean, <laughs> listen to the, this stuff. The, the guy's a jazzoid, you know. It's, no well, holes barred there, you know. When you but. take influence from so many different spaces of music, yeah. you can tend to to be pretty intricate. And it's, that's that's what I love about that. I mean, it's cool what Tool does because they are they've definitely made a mold for themselves. Mm. I mean, and you couldn't go out and do what they do without someone going, "Hey, <laughs> that sounds a lot like Tool." <laughs> oh yeah, you for know sure. that's that's and but there was that uh, one song by uh, Good or not Chevelle 
I can't remember what it's well, called. Well, they've even openly said they're heavily influenced. Yeah, by but there was one song in particular. It took me like two or three minutes to listen to it going, this isn't. This is a pretty easy Tool song if this is Tool, but... <laughs> yeah, and then... But but no, it's a rad song, and and I like those guys a lot too. But I I I appreciate what they do, and I love three four. Anything that drudges around in three four is my kind of style. So right on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because I've never thought of myself as like trying to emulate anybody. You know, it's like you just listen to what you like, and you kind of take little pieces here and there, and then it it's funny how it takes a while to actually find your own voice because you do kind of in a way copy your idols yeah and follow their blueprint Mm -hmm. but then eventually you kind of find your own voice and i feel like with this band more than my last few i've kind of fallen in that after every single show i've played at least one person comes up to me and he's like you kind of remind me of like maynard i'm like yeah and i'm like i don't like feel like that at all and then i've heard recordings i'm like oh I yeah. kind of see what he's saying. Okay, like, right and I'm not, there, I get it. Yeah. I'm not trying to like compare myself to Maynard by any standard yeah. because that's it's the highest form of like compliment you could say to me. But I'm like, okay, I see the influence, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not even trying. It's yeah. just there. Yeah. So it just bled through like without me even knowing, and I and I'm not going to change it because I enjoy it. But yeah. I, and I, I'm not trying to do that. But it's just crazy how your influences influence you. Yeah, like, I know. Uh, subconsciously and mm-hmm. and consciously it's it's pretty cool but yeah it's funny like with uh the crunk band that i mentioned earlier back in the day it even made it into a newspaper article that people jokingly referred to us as corn against the machine okay and i loved that moniker i thought that was hilarious yeah <laughs> i was like well it's not it's a couple bands that wouldn't be too yeah but i just i was just like man that is funny stuff. Whoever came up with that, they need to get a T-shirt or something. <laughs> well, it's like to be compared to those bands. It's like I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was hilarious. So I've obviously back then it was probably extremely apparent and evident and dripping from me out of every fucking dreadlock I had. It was obviously like Cornus <laughs> Machine, this guy, you know. But I think I've been able, lucky enough, to been doing this long enough now where it is kind of my own thing where obviously maybe that's where it flowered from but it's got a heavy Mike Patton, Lane Staley, Maynard, you know, yeah. tool influence over top of it. So I I've been able to kind of have a a me and it's funny when you look back through Crunk and Non Zero Sum and there was Eve Effect was a band I was singing for here too back in the 2000s sometime. All of them kind of, you, and now with with once I gonna go, you can, it's like that's Tony. Yeah, that's what Tony does. Well, and that's a, what you want though. You yeah. want to be recognized as you. Yeah, and I and I, I will say like I think you guys are very original. I think you're. <clears throat> I personally, and I, I wish I could do a lot like heavier vocal. Like I just never been able to reach that. So I just do a lot more clean. I like that you guys do a little bit of both. And I I would prefer that honestly for myself if I could do a little both I just am physically incapable of yeah. doing it and or at least haven't learned how to do it. And with Crunk we had two singers for a while too where I I was able to delegate some of that you know and then by the time he had to move back to wherever he lived and and I was had to do all these songs that were recorded by myself it was like I kind of got used to it and mm. I was like okay I'll do both. 
I won't, there won't be any breather parts. You know, I, I almost have to sing over every single part and I hate that. That's I was rough. like, it's like, I, it's okay. This part can be played by just the guitars. You don't have to be singing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to s- s- totally consciously tell myself that. But yeah, otherwise I'm like out of breath and getting lightheaded. Yeah. And then, they're, then they're like, okay, next song. I was like, wait. Yeah. I can catch my breath. <laughs> oh dude, that's the worst. Yeah. Or you're at the tail end of a song, and you're, like, just breathing the song out. You're barely even, like, saying words. I've had that before. See, and one of our songs, En Passant, we wrote that straight up in, just with actual breathy breathes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> it was like a joke. Breathe. <laughs> no, yeah, I... I we, love we the actually put it into the song because it was like now you can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, the uh, I lo- I love the combination of of heavy and and uh, clean vocal. But I will say, for me personally, I always enjoy having clean vocals because the lyrics for me are just so important that I want people to be able to. I want to be able to understand them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like your stuff cuts through real real easy. I can easily understand all the lyrics and stuff and they're very well thought out deep and i try to put some time into the lyrics but i that's i mean i'll never ever look at myself as a as a good vocalist because i'm always just so critical of that but i will never discount my ability to write lyrics because i've worked so hard on that and i actually like i actually i don't know I guess approve of my own. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I. I know what you mean. You you you'd buy your own book. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> that's kind of how cocky, I feel. Like, yeah, no. But, but it's like it's through years of d- shitty songs and like wow. doing doing the hard ones, and then finally it's like you know what? I think I'm actually good at this. So it's like I've never taken a, any professional vocal lessons or anything like that, and I've and I don't even consider myself to be, you know, I, I'm passable. No. But lyrically, that's always been the spot I've always looked at more with bands and it's like if you can produce good lyrics you're an ace in my book i don't care if you how how you sing i don't care if it's i just got to be able to understand it if it's heavy if it's soft if it's and that's what i did like about rage against the machine i mean it's like that guy's not a vocalist by any sorts right but but man a poet to his holy smokes man i mean he he could get in a fight with socrates if he needed to yeah like (laughs) yeah and that's just it like and and on this on the opposite side, if it's like if you're a really really good band and a really really good singer, but your lyrics are just bland and and just the same old oh, thing I that I've heard that. before, it I, doesn't do nothing for me. Yeah. Like I can't I can't get on board with you. Yeah, like uh, what what Fallout Boy, what a kick-ass band. Yeah, what an amazing, beautiful vocalist. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah, stupidest words I've ever read in rock and roll and it's it sucks man they repeat words like just because they don't have enough syllables to come up with it was like oh we needed two more syllables so just say the last word again because that was two syllables yep you're just repeating your it's not thought out it's not or it's radio you know like a lot of that stuff too it's like well we're just gonna write to what's radio and like here's here's one that's really like controversial all the time and like Nickelback Talent, talent, but they write radio songs. Wow, the, but I, I was listening. I can't remember what song it was, but you know how they say you need like the hook of yeah. a song, like so that people are like, oh, I'll, I'll remember that song. And, you know, it's the song that goes neener 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 neener. Yeah, yeah. But they'll have five or six stinking hooks in one song. Oh yeah, I mean, that- I mean, it's like 
what is this? Is this the? This is the part that all the girls sing along to. No, it's the next part all the girls sing along to, and it's just like. I mean, they're really good at that. They're really good at it. I mean, it's it's sickening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so it's like, like, how could you do that? <laughs> and I don't tend to hate on them as much I as my people I don't necessarily do. hate them. But there are I'm, certain songs I hate and certain songs I I can listen to, but it's like they've they've got a formula that works when, when you're when half your album is a single you know what i mean like you got 10 songs on an album and eight of them are singles and they're all platinum ones yeah and it's ridiculous it seems but, like you're doing something but right. i mean the dude is like stephen king or something he's just constantly humping out material so much that he's got a release type like richard bachman and call it uh what were they called uh theory of a dead man Oh, those are that first album were all his songs. Really? Too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, when I first heard it, I was like, "This is a really strange Nickelback album." Like, who I knew is they this were guy? similar. I think. Well, and I know they're both from Canada. I, I too. think they're signed under his. But I'm, yeah, that first album was all songs written by him, and it was like he couldn't dare come out with another Nickelback album. People would have crucified him. Then, right, you know, right, right. Like, don't do it now, man. Just like hold back on it. And like, oh, I can't. This is yeah. good songs. <laughs> that's funny so it's like Richard Bachman and Stephen King like people yeah. wouldn't have, people wouldn't have bought another Stephen King book but they're like oh who's this Richard Bachman guy this is gonna be great yeah that's smart <laughs> just go under a pen name a different yeah. pen name that's basically what he did got a pen band <laughs> yeah well I actually didn't know that yeah it's it's really funny but but everybody's got their thing you know it's like like I said it, it all for me it comes down to lyrics if you got meaningful lyrics and they're like that, that's huge, catchy, huge but also have m- meaning behind them and aren't just like easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really hard to do. Like find and you can't. The other thing you also can't take yourself too seriously either. Yes, I mean we've got two or three songs that are just straight goofball songs. I mean they're they're ridiculous. Yeah, if you try too hard, sometimes it comes across. But there's some of my favorite lyrics still, even just really? I mean, because they're just hilarious, but absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, what's that one that you guys do where you're? At, what do you say at the end? You're like, "Shut up!" Or oh yeah, or, that one. Uh, that one's kind of funny. It's kind of my uh, take on the arrogance of Hollywood. Okay, like you know, uh, uh, Chris, whatever his face is, uh, Captain America. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High school dropout and. American heartthrob overnight, basically, and <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The guy talks too much, basically. Mm. He just gets up on soapboxes, and he just uh, there's the one line back of the line until it comes from you. You know, it's just like I don't want to hear about it. I mean, you've you've obviously got people doing all this of to you. Like you all have, you get the same memos every morning, and then like, oh, what's it a Tuesday? Turn on the TV, and oh. The Rock is saying it. Up, oh, Madonna's saying it in London. Up, oh, uh, so and so saying it over here. It's well, like, it's like you know, half of them don't even believe in what they're saying. They can't. It's just like but, it's it's but what's going to for it. Yep. It's what's going to keep them jobs. It's what's brought to you by Carl's Jr. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you ever seen that movie, The Idiocracy? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everything was brought to you by Carl's Jr. Don't you know you get paid every time you say that? <laughs> well, that's how it is, man. It's like, and you see so many of these celebrities and stuff. They just step on the wrong term, or or say something com- like slightly out of line. They're crucified, and then they gotta make an apology circuit. And God forbid any of them say anything remotely controversial. Yeah, and make a stand. Yeah, so that's kind of what I wrote Dead Thirty about. It's it's just 
people taking themselves too seriously, and in a sense, me too as well, is making this my don't take yourself too seriously song. <laughs> yeah. Know? So it, it kind of comes full circle around in a ways. So. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I'll have to, uh, I haven't gotten any of your albums yet. I'll have to get one of them. I should have brought one. Oh, it's all good. I'll, I'll grab one at a show one of these times. Right on. When is that next show? Um, the 19th of March. And that's going to be 321 Ugly is headlining. Then Dashboard Carl from Bozeman. Then us, One Second to Go. And then our really good buddies from town here also spiked mine. Mm. Uh, they're they're pretty awesome younger band. And really trying to help that younger crowd kind of stay motivated. Because it, it'll die soon if they don't take over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. And then um, And that's where? Uh, gonna be Veronica Zane, twenty nine oh five, Montana, right next to Bohemian Music. That's where you guys played that. Yeah. Same night. Yeah, that, yeah, where I had to go down, and that's actually the the guy who runs the place, Randy Prop. That's the band I was playing in that night. It's his place. Oh, sweet. So he's he's really cool to let us have a have an evening of rock and roll there. So cool. Right on. And then also before I forget to promote all your stuff, like because wh- where can people find? all your music where can people find and yeah we're well we're on digitally with all the platforms with like spotify and itunes and whatever streaming service you like to go through i think they said it's like 150 different streaming services so i mean are obviously worldwide ones i've never even heard of i tried checking them out just to see how they work like oh, i've never heard of that one. Oh, nice but yeah, so yeah, anything you can buy it on iTunes. Uh, you can buy it uh, record physical copies at Ernie November's and Cameron Records. Uh, obviously, at any of our shows coming up. Um, uh, yeah, but definitely been doing a big, major Spotify campaign since like Thanksgiving. That's been my. It's been popping off too, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was when they when they did that Spotify for rap for artists things. Did you you probably got one of those if you if you're Maybe. on there. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of funny, and I, and everybody was posting their things because, you know, they're impressive. You're like, oh, I'm in 142 countries. We had 73,000 downloads and all this, you know, 14 million hours of playtime, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible. Let me look at ours. One country in like Billings, Montana, and it was like, yeah. I think you had 42 people listen to you last year. I was like, oh my god! Like, well, I'm all right. So yeah, it became my focus. I've Trying to like, figure out the game. Yeah, I mean, I. I'd, it's all online. Yeah, now. it's it, yeah, it's and people are getting billions of downloads and stuff. I mean, that what was it? Some rapper guy had like eight billion downloads. Damn, there's not. That's like guaranteed. Everyone on planet Earth at least listened to one of his songs. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but. So yeah, definitely been if you get a chance, Spotify, please. It's uh it would really help me out. <laughs> well, I'll put a link in the description of the Sweet, episode yeah. too, so people can just click on that. Yeah. Right on. And then I was gonna ask you too, who do you guys record through? Um, well the the first album we recorded with a buddy of ours, Eric Olson, who's a kind of a jazz pianist, local guy around here, phenom, brilliant musician. Uh just wanted to see if he could. And come over and play with his computer, and, and it worked out really good. It turned out great. We didn't really do anything as far as after production for it. We were kind of just hoping to use it for a demo and see if we could get any interest out of it. And, of course, COVID 
started and it was just like uh. so i'm glad we didn't invest our grandchildren on it or anything you know so it was that we lucked out dodged a bullet with that but the the second one we recorded with uh nate from enrapture oh okay yeah and boy that he's been doing several projects you know and all the things that he's with three two one ugly also mm-hmm. so he's recorded all their records and been doing really good and that turned out great I mean, we, we were so happy with it we're like this is just so awesome and then we'd gotten a hold of a buddy of ours that had uh done one of endeavor's records and he was a got world famous studios in denver and gave us a screaming deal i mean yeah probably never get that deal again but he just wanted to help us out and real and got us radio edit versions and just awesome. in case we wanted to get it on the radio and everyone was like which radio station's gonna play it, huh? Like, we do it anyway. It's on every radio station in Montana now. So That's so cool. Yeah, it's like Billings, Bozeman, Missoula, and Great Falls, and it's, that's badass, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I'm, yeah. It it worked out, but definitely worth what we what we paid for. I mean, it was it was it was worth it. Cool. Yeah, because Pete, Pete, you're the man. <laughs> yeah, we're looking to try and that's the next thing that we want to do is record. So. We've yeah. been looking around. Yeah, well, that was funny how they found him to begin with. They they liked going out of town. They went to, like, Missouri and recorded one because they get more focused. They don't have their earthly duties that tie them down and distract them. You know, go somewhere for four or five days and record. Yeah. So that's what they liked doing. They were going to go to Denver this time and just went down the Yellow Pages, you know, recording studios and left message, left message. He was the first dude that actually answered the phone. Like, hello? And they're like, oh. Hello, who are you? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and dude is awesome. He's recorded a uh, Scott Stapp. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and he's got platinum records on the walls, and, and it's like, wow. Yeah, see, that's one thing I've never done is I've never had like a professional recording of myself. Yeah, I mean that was definitely my first. Run. I mean, we, we recorded it with here with uh, Nate and let him mix and master it, but. Next one we plan on actually going to Denver and doing that with them, and that'll be like actually my first full run at it. But just having a an actual guy that kn- knows the knobs and stuff and the effects. I mean, it's funny like people have plugins and things for their like digital things. He's got the unit. Like it's the, yeah, it's called a plugin. You're like yeah, I do plug into it. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, this isn't like a plugin. This is the real thing that oh you this you heard this unit on Tool Undertow when I was working on that. And yeah, I mean that that guy's like. That's always nice when you got somebody that's like high end that can. Yeah, it's like, oh god, man, I can't believe it. That's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait. That's that's definitely our next step is to do that, and then we're hopefully gonna be playing a couple out of town shows, just trying to get more out there. Yeah, um, I can get you in contact with those Bozeman guys too. They're great. That'd be awesome. They're great. Yeah, I think we're gonna do Helena. We want to do. Ms. Bozeman and Missoula. Yeah, this summer. I haven't gotten to Missoula in a long time since Crunk in the '90s. So really, I, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, if you guys want to go on the road, yeah, right, we're this summer. We're definitely wanting to. That'd I be kind of cool. If I we... got a sister in Great Falls, and and there's a couple of guys out there that do some promoting and stuff. So we got some contacts, but haven't set up anything that looks feasible. I mean, it's best case scenario would be a week and four or five gigs you know something like that yeah yeah i think but. we're just gonna do like a weekend and do one on one weekend one on another weekend like we're not looking to do like a full tour type thing yeah 
just because it's hard when you got five guys and they all have jobs and yeah, it's lives. impossible. Kids and yeah, exactly dogs and <laughs> all kinds of responsibilities. Yeah. If only music paid the bills. Yeah, that'd be the dream. That's the dream eventually. Yeah, right. I know. It just seems seems so silly. Look at some of these bands that with money they say they make, and it's like. Like Avatar, like listed their yearly earnings for like seventy six thousand or something like that for just a year or two ago, and I was like, "Geez, hmm, that's not much at all." Yeah, it was like, Ooh. like is that a profit? Like after probably, I hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. God damn. Yeah, but man, is that what in the hell do you got to do, man? It's like, well, you got to be a pop star. You got to be like that. Seems to be the thing. Is like just. That's where all the money is, is in pop and rap and... Get some ass plants and Cardi B it up, huh? Yeah, I guess so, but <laughs> I guess I prefer the type of music we play. <laughs> There's something a little bit... More dignified. I think so, yeah. yeah. And it's not like I don't like certain things in those genres either, but... Yeah, but not, not, not much redeeming with WAP. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I don't think that's going to stick around for... The next 20, 30 years. Oh, I don't know. Two Live Crew did, so why not? Yeah, right? <laughs> well, we still got a little bit of time here. Sweet. Uh, music aside, I know we talked a lot about music. For yourself, uh, what other interests do you have in life or what other hobbies? What other, like... Well, I mean, I've been a pretty much a full-time dad for good 10, 15 years now. And it's been... That pretty much is my day. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of nice when jam comes up and I can get away for three hours and practice two or three nights a week, depending on what bands and shows are coming up. I don't necessarily have to practice too much with the cover bands anymore, but yeah, it's all all up here. But. Yeah, that's the one thing that's pretty nice about covers is like yeah. you, you can listen to them and study that way. Yeah, exactly. How many? So you said you have a lot of kids. How many kids are you talking um, about? My my girlfriend, she's got two older girls, and then we've got uh, two together. And okay. And I had three aside before I met her. Yeah, but, that was a lot of kids. So, yeah. But, I mean, everybody has their own flock. Yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely a Brady Bunch. And then we've got a brother and sister dog and a brother and sister cat. So, we got two cats, two dogs, and it's funny, they're all friends, too. Yeah. You know, they got them all when they were young, so they all hang out and fight and play and lay and try to eat each other's food. And it's like, no, eat the cat food over here and the dog food over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the opposite. I got, as you can see, none of that. So you got the full house, I got the single house. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe one day, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it when it happens, it happens fast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, it's definitely something I've been more open to as I've gotten older. Yeah. I mean, I know some people, that's just kind of, I mean, everybody has a different approach to it. And yeah. it's like, and it was nice. Uh, my girlfriend, she did daycare and oh, sweet. So, yeah, her mom does daycare and they each had their own place. And so that was really not necessarily convenient because it was really hard working and studying and doing all the stuff to be in a daycare. But, but it was nice to be able to stay home with children, you know, and not have to send your kids to somebody else's daycare. Yeah, right. I mean, it was, you had your own kids at your own daycare, and and we even homeschooled kids for a while. Oh, wow. Uh, before COVID hit, leading all the way through the 
COVID closed down and everything. It was, well, that kind of helped then. Yeah, I mean, we were we were eight months ahead of everybody with the the Zoom learning and all that kind of stuff. And it was funny. My my two teens, they were just like, "What's everybody crying about?" I mean, this isn't hard. And we're like, "Well, remember when we started?" It's like you've already done this. Yeah, and we were the only ones, so we were able to like have like focused attention to like get through it. The whole world's doing this, and they don't have time for anybody's problems right now. <laughs> so yeah. So I was we lucked out really big time for that. It was it would have been a lot harder otherwise, but, but with all the kids and dogs and everything, you know, and keeping everything sane. But <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna ask you too, because uh, I've been kind of following you a little bit more on Facebook and stuff. You're kind of invested in the Ukraine thing a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's I did. I went to school for political science. Okay, and so that was been a big focal point of you know geopolitical issues and things and kind of seeing you know not just necessarily today's window but why did it happen 20 years ago leading to today and so and then with the onset of this whole entire spotify kickoff thing i mean i've got quite a few friends in you know helsinki which is basically a bozeman boat ride away from Moscow. Oh wow! I mean, it literally is like that close. If you look at a map, and it's like, good lord, man, this is right over there. And I got friends in Ukraine that are, you know, running for their lives, and and it's 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 been an international thing since, like I said, Thanksgiving. I talk to these people every day and mm-hmm. listen to their songs. They listen to my songs, and what do you think? And oh, that'd be really cool, man. If you could ever get to Helsinki. I'd love to get to Helsinki. I'll I'll look you up as soon as I do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, you know, it's, but now it's like, there's a lot of pause and a lot of scare and frustration. And I know Avatar was just kicking off a whole Norwegian tour over there. And I can't imagine those guys feel safe traveling anywhere right now. Yeah. And, And I was like, ah, man, just right when the world was about to start getting good with music again. It seems had to like, go to shit yeah, more. and it's like, shh. yeah. I already did this with my first one. I I don't have time for the bull crap of everybody's problems. I mean, I get it, I get it. Putin wants his Russia back, but come on, man. <laughs> well, it certainly starts like I. I've never really been very political and stuff like that. I don't. It's not my wheelhouse. But like, of course, with things like this, it's hard to escape. Yeah. From what I've understood, it's starting to look like they might be plotting a coup against him. That's typical uh, if you've looked at anything that's gone on like this with Saddam Hussein, uh, Gaddafi. uh, I mean, even going back to the French Revolution, we sent Benjamin Franklin over there and kicked that off. Oh. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, that's been one of the reasons the world kind of doesn't really trust us and like us a whole lot because we're meddlers. Yeah. But to an extent, I mean, we're, we're destroying, you know, dictatorships and communism and, and crazy religious regimes that, you know, want to decapitate their people in the streets. And, you know, that's not okay in a civilized world today. You know, I know people that live over there. They're good people. They like rock and roll too. They they like feeding their kids. They like running water in their houses and watch whatever shows on the TV. They're good people, man. <laughs> Even in Russia, they're I mean, they're great people. Oh yeah, I mean 
It's just a couple assholes here and there. You know, and I don't have time for that, man. This world is... It's 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 a ticking time bomb. Yeah, really. I mean, sure. you can see the violence. I mean, people are like amazed with the violence even in Billings. But I mean, stepping back and looking at it globally, this is happening everywhere. I mean, gun violence and death is going up in Europe, and it's never been there before. Mm-hmm. I mean, people didn't have guns for a lot of the time, but but it's still it's 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 a crazy situation around the world, and it is isolation uh, due to COVID or whatever you want to call it, but it's. It's something I would like to write more about, but it's tough taking certain stances that appear to be on fence lines, I guess is the way to put it. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely towed the line just on this podcast a few times. Yeah, I mean... Without trying. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, go down in a Joe Rogan blaze of glory or anything, but... I, and, I mean, I'm not... Yeah, it's the last thing you want is to do or say something that's going to prevent not just you but your my message, my point, yeah. you know, the things that I've worked for. I mean, I I'm I'm a good guy. I'm not trying to be malicious and hateful towards anybody's anything, but I mean, if it starts becoming an infringement to me or mine, you know, then yeah, I'm going to call it out at the very least. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> mention it. <laughs> hey, knock it off, jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like everybody's kind of afraid to do that now. It's like we need to start not being afraid of that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's it's unfair because, I mean, that was what this country was founded on. I mean, being able to talk. Yeah. And, I mean, back in the day in the, the, the dusty taverns in the Revolutionary War, era, I mean, if people didn't go in there and talk about subversive issues then we wouldn't be a country today yeah i mean we just wouldn't if everybody was like shamed into questioning the beliefs of others and oh this is the status quo you can't say anything against it we would be really worried about the queen's health right now yeah i mean (laughs) well it's like it's uh what that jordan peterson quote where he's like in order to think, you have to be able to be offended. So you have to be able to have the tough talks. You have to mm-hmm. be able to, like, ha- like, yeah, you have to, in order to have rational thought and rational opinion, yeah, you might hear or say or things that you don't like, yeah. you know? Uh, I think it was Robin Williams said something to the effect of, there's no greater lesson in life than failure or hunger. Something, something to that effect, you know, like, you learn the most in those moments. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to prevent this? You know, that's like the most earth shattering thing. I mean, just to be told you're wonderful and perfect and everyone loves you. And it's also kind of what dead thirties about, you know, mm-hmm. got a lines in there. You're perfect, but only they forget your flaws. You know, that's, it's, you can't live life like that. There's no way you can just have a silver spoon. So shoved up your ass pretty soon it's the Bolshevik revolution and you're Tsar Nicholas and your whole family is getting shot in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not how it really works in reality. It's mm-hmm. way closer to your whole family gets shot in a basement. than you can be paraded around with a silver spoon on your ass forever. It's way closer to that reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you see this kind of playing out then? Um, Russia taking back a vast majority of the USSR. Yeah. 
There is nobody that will stop him. And then I see China taking Taiwan. And I see Iran making very big moves in their region. And I can imagine Israel's terrified as shit. And I don't really see... I mean, this is the classic world war. I mean, this is what was going on with Japan and China and Germany and Europe and then Japan and us. And it was, that's what made the whole thing happen that way. Yeah. And it's happening again. And it, I would go as far as to say intentionally. Ah, that's what I'm afraid of. Cause I mean, it's, I mean, it's like we've got the world's greatest leaders and all of these smart people sitting in the same room, and let's put that room on a train track with the slowest train on planet Earth coming right for them. And all of them are just sitting there looking at it, going, I haven't a clue. Yeah. I got nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing, huh? You're all just sitting watching this train coming. Yeah, it seems a little Nothing. bit uh, suspicious. It's way too weird. Yeah. The whole world wants it. I mean, I don't, to where the Olympics were allowed to participate and go on and just, wait a minute, hold off on the, the this war deal. It's, we got like four days of Olympics left, and then you can carry on with your war. I mean. Jeez. Yeah, it's like, okay, so in the event that you believe it were to be intentional why uh redistribution of wealth and for too long america has been kind of a wild card in the one world government uh the eu has been really strong uh not necessarily with this whole brexit deal i kind of put a thorn in their side too because england all of a sudden kind of became little america and elected their boris and that kind of screwed up their whole plans with that yeah but uh <clears throat> so yeah it is a uh, and it's why Gaddafi was killed cuz he was trying to create a centralized bank in Africa mm. and that would have destabilized this goal he tried getting a bunch of african nations to make a one currency bank that would have been hopefully garnered as valuable as the pound or the dollar you know where world currencies are based upon it and it's and it's trading accuracy and all that kind of thing it, that's an important thing for a country so that's why they're trying to get it down to one gold brick bar that's what this is our money mm-hmm. we control the money america's wealth is too unstable which it is yeah and uh yeah and africa's would have been a huge mess but <laughs> but uh he was trying you yeah. know but that's 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 what he got ultimately taken down for and that was our politics going in and going in and removing him not saying he needed to stay he was not a not a kind individual whatsoever but still so, motives were not because, not because of that. he's been a bad guy for 40 years yeah and now all of a sudden what's the problem yeah so well sit down same same thing printing, yeah yeah printing american money Oh, we got a problem with that guy all of a sudden. Well, it kind of reinforces everything I've been... Like, I've kind of said the last couple episodes is... It all comes down to money. 
Like money you is. You can follow the money. It's that's very literally what it comes down to. Follow yeah. the money. I mean, it's where did the money go? Who's getting all this money? Well, it's like media, Hollywood, politics, corporations. They're all pretty much the same. They all they all run and funnel through the same chain of command. Yep, and it's all powered by money. Yeah, and you can look at the conglomerates with ABC, Disney, uh, China might as well have a flag in that thing too, because I mean they yeah. own basically all of that. Nike, they're all conglomerate things that all you can't say this and that because all of a sudden hell rains down on NBA and everything else if you do anything. You know, uh, it's just crap. And then you got the rest of us that are just. We're supposed to participate in this. Yeah, we're, we're just like, the well, consumers. Yeah, we're uh, sitting here from our armchair going, eh, next channel. Uh, oh, it's on this one too? Oh. I don't like it. I yeah, don't like it. me neither. I'm right there with you. <laughs> God. And I would write a lot more about it if it didn't come across as <clears throat> a certain kind of guy. you know. And I, I don't really consider myself, I, I mean... I don't feel like I look like a certain kind of guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I certainly sound like a certain kind of guy sometimes. Well, that's kind of how it's become because – and I, and and without – I know what you're talking about because like, I feel the same way. <laughs> so I literally just identify myself as an independent. Yeah, that's – yeah, I mean, even uh, uh, more a libertarian because, I mean, libertarians want – freedoms mm -hmm. and they don't want to be told what their freedoms consist of i mean freedom's free yeah uh, th that doesn't fit in a box or a rule book i mean it's that means you stay over there and as long as i'm not burning your crap down i'm free mm -hmm. <laughs> you know leave me alone you know and so there's and i've got some really good libertarian buddies that lean either side you know, but they're still... Yeah, I mean, there's things I take out of every... You know, it's like, there's some things that I like on this side, there's some things I like on this side, and vice versa. Yeah. But it's like, that's that's kind of why I promote independent as a thought, because it's like, then you're not subjected to this tribal idea of, like, you have to be everything on this side, or you have to be everything on this side, and against all of that, if you, you know, like... The only thing I, I, I didn't like about a lot of the independent movements nationwide... It's. I mean, if you ever look at their voting records, hmm. they're not independent at all. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, I mean as far as like independency as a party itself, yeah. sure. I mean, it's funny. It's like you could be independent as long as you don't think like them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it, I just look at it like a different, like as a mindset more than yeah. a political party. Like, yeah, but I mean, there actually is an independent party. That right. Certainly is very unindependent of any sort of. Oh, if you're. Thinking. If you're a political party, I mean, theoretically, I mean, there's there's parties that are like what they are in theory, and then they are what they really are, and it's like because even the Libertarian Party probably doesn't stand for what they actually stand for. Because again, if you're a real party, it's money, like that's what you stand for is money. Any wow. politician that says they care about you or that they have this agenda for you, no, 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 the agenda is how much money can I make, and you know, whatever. But there's the theories of each, and um, what each political party stands for. But they don't stand for it anymore. Yeah, I, there's I mean there's some amazing old books out there that have been written, and this is 
this is 70, 80 years in the making. I mean, they've been working at this a long time, and it's baby steps. I mean, they just barely creep up a little bit with something, and, oh, that was too much. We take a couple steps back, but guess what? Just a few years ago, don't you remember those really brave people that, man, they had these views that were so far in the future. If we could just creep back up to where they were, we would just be a f more advanced civilization and more thinking like those brave, futuristic thinking people just a few years back. Oh, yeah, the kids in high school. Yeah, those people were smart. You know, so they creep up a little bit more. And it's generation after generation after generation. The kids going to high school right now weren't even live at 9 11. Yeah. I mean, they just don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't. I mean, it's, well, it's not their fault. They, they, they weren't taught it. Yeah. They, well, that's another thing, too, is like there's so much of the school system now. That's kind of indoctrinating kids and the and the youth into thinking certain ways, and that's yeah. a huge problem yeah. too. It's it was, a cult. It's like cultism. Yeah, and that was one of the things that based us to taking us the kids out of school. You know, because it was just the things that they would allow and the things that they didn't allow. It was just like, you know, you my kid can't say this at school, but you'll allow this happen to them at school. Yeah free love you know but you know it's like unbelievable but <laughs> and we're paying for it yeah exactly and that's what angered me the most i mean it's just like you know i'm done yeah i mean it's hard it's hard to blame you there like my brother dropped out of high school and i was so pissed at him this was several years ago now i look back i'm like that wasn't necessarily like a crazy move like he got his ged and all that yeah it's, i i did too and then i went to college and yeah and <laughs> so it was I was done with high school I'm, but by the time I was I dropped out of high school Columbine hadn't even happened yet oh wow yeah so I mean I was lucky that, for that because I mean I probably would have had real problems that if, really changed a lot yeah that probably would have been real weird because I was I was that kid <laughs> you know I was the one that was getting beat up by all the jocks and I was the one making threats and oh shit know, yeah it was like I'm tired of getting beat up and they're like just go home nerd and yeah, they'd have taken a lot more seriously post combine. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So well, I was glad I was out of the system at by that point, but fair enough. Yeah. But well, shall we wrap this thing up? Yeah, that'd be fun. One more time, uh promote your stuff and I'll leave the link in the description, but cool, for everybody yeah. else. Uh definitely check out Spotify, one second to go. Uh YouTube, those are got a couple videos for the songs. Uh be working on a video for Dead 30 here real soon, so that'll be coming out. Um, yeah, definitely if any platform that you download or listen to music, iTunes, Pandora, uh, Music Match, uh, anything like that, <clears throat> yeah, go ahead and check us out. Oh, yeah, and then also before we end the show, I always like to get a positive or motivational message from the guest to the audience. Anything come to mind? Yeah, definitely. Uh when it comes down to being in a time of war, just remember that everybody comes from similar situations, though they are very different. You'd be surprised how very similar they could be. And it only takes a conversation to realize that there are good people on the other side of the world that don't deserve a lot of things happening. I like it right on. Well, yeah, make sure to check out one second to go. Uh, thank you all for watching, of course, especially if you made it to the end. Um, like, share, subscribe, do all that. And most importantly, don't forget, 
Life's a garden. Dig it.